Welcome to another episode of Team Anywhere, where CEOs, leaders, and experts at building teams, companies, organizations, and amazing cultures share how to lead from anywhere in the world. I'm your co-host on the East Coast, Judy Bianco Mathis. And I'm your co-host on the West Coast, Mitch Simon. And we invite you to join us to Team Anywhere. Today on the podcast, we continue last week's podcast with John Chen, founder of Geoteaming and author of the new book, Engaging Virtual Meetings, my Bible for, well, engaging virtual meetings. We explore the role of fun, vulnerability, and getting over bossism to create virtual meetings that build team, relationship, and trust. I know you'll enjoy John's enthusiasm and his expertise on this week's segment of Team Anywhere. So let me let me let me just point out something else. Um, okay. You know, of all of the executives that I know out there, you are the funnest. Okay, I don't have, I don't even know if funnest is a word, but um, you're the funnest. And so 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 you know, it's it's so funny. You know, people say, "Oh, well, this is not a." I hope it's not a kumbaya thing or whatever. What is the role of fun? It sounds like a silly question, John. But what is the role of fun? in creating an engaging virtual meeting. Oh, wow. Think I will tell that. you this is that again, before pandemic, my focus was on team building. Yes. And one of the things that I was doing was I was kind of creating a zoom meeting in real life. Meaning uh, when I do a team building event, Mitch knows this, I drop a GoPro on every friggin' team. <laughs> yeah, you do. You do. And yeah, then you, yes, you, you were giving GoPros to people before even GoPro mate GoPros. We know that. <laughs> I feel like I was putting pinhole cameras on people, right? Um, That's right. <laughs> so, but I would take that footage and go backwards through it and take all that extra time to analyze. Like we generate sometimes 600 gigabytes or more of data from a team building event and then go backwards, analyze it. And what, one of the things that where fun really came out of it was I, it's a top seven factor for me of a, of a winning team. So I always, I, I'm not sure if I do the other videos, depends on the client, but I always review the video of the winning team. And one of the top seven factors is the team is having fun. High performing teams enjoy the presence of each other. Yeah. And they're having fun doing it. So, and quite often you'll see, I go back, I have reviewed the losing teams, losing teams. Number one, here's this really, really cool, fascinating stuff, Mitch is like, number one in the, in a winning team, uh, I think you and I agree that in team building, that communication is important, right? Okay, great. So what we see in the video is like the winning teams never shut up. Like 90 to 100% of the time, if you listen to audio, they're just blabbing away, sometimes even not talking about the game, but finding more about each other personally. In the losing teams, they stop talking. Two, five, 10, 20 minutes. Every manager, every leader, every CEO who's listening to this, if your team has stopped talking, whether it's online or in person, you're in deep trouble. I love that. It's so true. I have the research now, though. It's true, and I have the science behind my intuition behind it. Yeah, and and it's amazing when you see this ten minutes because what happens in that ten minutes, like when the teams uh, give up, they give up on each other. They give up, so they just kind of like you know what's easier for me, Mitch, is to just not talk to you. <laughs> you know, it's interesting. It reminds me, John, of that experiment that they did um, with the with the preschoolers and the kindergartners making the spaghetti structures and. Yeah. They they would they would 
time after time after time, they would show these four and five year olds beating a uh, a team like an executive team where everyone had gone to an Ivy League school because the, the little kids would just say, "Well, this might work, and this might work, and this might work, and this might work. I don't know, this might work." And they would always beat. It was just just amazing. Yeah, it'd be interesting if you uh, came up with um, some research on fun as uh, as a factor in great teams. What are what are some of the things that you do to cre- to create fun? I know for those of us who are not fun creators, um, what are some of the things you do? Because because when I actually saw some of your stuff, I'm like, oh, this is this is not going to work. I mean, this this John guy is crazy. This is not going to work. No one's going to really go for it. And then you put it out there, and people like boom. You know, even even some silly stuff like your um uh the, your Egyptian things like the Steve Martin Egyptian thing and people like they love it. So I, how do you get an executive over themselves to engage in fun, crazy stuff um, for, with their teams? I, I think the best thing I can say is, is uh, a concept uh, that I've called leadership through vulnerability, right? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, why don't you tell everyone what, what you mean? Yeah. And leadership by vulnerability is like uh, leaders go first, in leadership, obviously, in this year, geez, we're talking about it, it's so important. And what I mean by that is that sometimes you're willing to be vulnerable, such as I'm willing to tell about a story that where I failed as opposed to succeeded. I'm willing to tell you about something truthful, maybe happening in my house or with my kids. But it's my reality. And, and you feel closer to that person. You're going, oh, you just humanized yourself because you're elevated. No matter who you are as a leader, I hate this too. I've always tried to create the open door policy and blah, blah, blah. But there's something what I love to call bossism. And bossism is where an employee always looks at you different because you're the boss, right? And and you can't get over that. That's not on you. It's on them and you can't fix that. But what you can do is be more approachable. What you can do is is be more fun. Uh, and so how do I create fun? I mean, number one is, is again, uh, and one of these factors too for high performing teams, Mitch loves because he's an improver. He the yes and is really a key to fun, right? There's nothing worse than killing the buzz in your in your company, especially if you're a leader. If you're like, no, we don't do that, right? And it's just like, wait a minute, but we're all laughing, but we don't do that. Right. And so, in creating fun in virtual meetings, number one, I think it's number super important. I'm also a big fan of mental health, and I think that we're not laughing enough. Um, you know, the virtual piece is actually p- making people more efficient. You know, your calendar is looking like Tetris, meaning that you don't have any more travel time, so you actually can have more meetings. Um, but you're not, you may not be having more fun. And so I'll do little things, which is like virtual backgrounds. I'll play music. Like if you come in a one-on-one meeting with, with Mitch and I, uh, we're playing some background music, even if it's for 10 seconds. And I can't believe the state change I get with people. Like I played ABBA dancing queen and all of a sudden this person then not only like lights up, like in the three seconds, I see them in the video as soon as their audio connects and they're always doing this or like dancing left and right. And then they come and tell me and they're like, my dad loved playing Alba. And so I end up triggering some big, you know, wow. parental memory unknowingly with that and said that, you know, Alba was like my favorite music. So where else does fun belong in this is that and how do I create fun? Some of that that is is it, it, the improv, which is like uh, being funny, like a comedian is sometimes responding to the audience. That's why I love watching stand-up comedians, right? They're funny when they respond to somebody in the audience and they nail it, right? Um, And that's what I think you need to do a little bit as a host. The other way to create fun is, you know, play some of these games. There are these games. And again, if you can explain it uh, as this is an opener to the meeting, we will dedicate three to five minutes of every meeting, right, just to do something fun, right? 
um, just so that, that we can just trying to break up your day. And, and I have a client actually that's actually been pretty smart. They're again, one of the very few clients, but booked, um, um, in a one hour session for his team every two weeks on a regular basis. And, and my job is to make sure that hour is fun, that there's almost no work is discussed, but the team is connecting. Uh, and it's just trying to, this team is a, it's a PR company and PR companies are doing really, really well right now. And they just wanted to counteract how hard they're all working right now. And, and it's working. They said, you know, they had a little break and they said they missed me and now they're back into it. And they just said this, this time is really useful and wonderful. So. What what are um I love that what are what are the benefits that you're finding with this team that is bringing you on to play virtual games every what is it every two weeks or every every month every two weeks every two weeks we're playing virtual games with John why what are they getting out of that John number one is um they're they're the team is changing too so they have some people coming in and out and that you really get to know something about the team member that you may have not known so for instance in this last call. Uh, that they had. Uh, we played something called PowerPoint Karaoke. Do you know what PowerPoint Karaoke is? I do not know what PowerPoint Karaoke is. Why don't you tell us? PowerPoint Karaoke is where uh, a team, I put people into teams, and uh, they randomly, they have to present a slide deck they've never seen before. Yes. And yes. I give them only two pieces of training. One is yes and, basically saying, whatever your teammate says, just agree and go with it. And the second one is is uh, focus on your transitions because there's three of you. Make sure you do some kind of positive handoff so the next person knows when to talk. And uh, and they had a blast. And so what they found out was one of the new team members is extraordinary in presenting, right? And it's like somebody in the side chat while she was presenting going, I know who's leading all the customer presentations this week. From now on, yes, that's yeah, great. That's you know. great. No, that that so that game I do know. Um, we've actually done it in the improv, and there are actually some uh, some um, uh, theaters that are really big on doing a PowerPoint presentation. It is hilarious. Yeah, um, that'll be PowerPoint karaoke. Yeah, and I love that what you're what you're doing, and it's something that I do as well. Is to okay, let's let's take something that is a skill that team members still need, right? And then that goes back to team building and make it really, really fun. And what I think we all know is that when people are having fun, they actually learn more effectively. I mean, I think that's really, really important. I, I was wondering what are, what are, um, we're, we're, you know, as we're recording this, we are very beginning of 2021. Yeah. Most likely we are going to be let's say a hundred percent virtual for a while until we get to the phase where we might be both in office and, and out of office. Yeah. What are some words of advice that you would give to executives, to, to team leaders as to what to think about and what to do over the next, let's say three, six, nine months? Yeah, I think there's two pieces here that are, are really important. I got this question asked by uh, MPI meetings, professionals, uh, international TV. And they said, what do you, well, you know, what advice can you give for 2021? And I just said this, I said, I'll give you the same advice that I gave people in March of 2020, which is plan for it to be this way. You know, and I don't have a crystal ball, Mitch. I don't make vaccines either, right? I can help make your virtual meetings, you know, suck a little less, but yeah. I don't make vaccines. I don't have a crystal ball. I don't know how this is going to work even when you get a vaccine out there. So what I said is this is like, um, imagine it's going to be this way and invest heavily in it. And when it all opens up, 
it's like gravy bonus. It's like frosting on a cupcake at that point. And that can be my best advice because I, I have heard some people who just waited. They said, I'm just going to wait till it opens. And they lost a 10, 11, 12 month advantage. Yeah. And that's what I can really say is, is that, uh, you know, even one of my very good friends who's a CEO in Seattle, just she doubled the revenue of her company when her, her business model was a food tour. It just destroyed, right? Destroyed the business model. But she was smart enough to pivot. And, and this week, she was able to tell us that she got her company bought out. Wow. 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 That's a big <laughs> wow. No, that's a big wow. No, it's, 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 it's interesting. Um, you know what, I, what I'm getting from this, John, is you've really taken your thinking around the elements of of strengthening a team's interactions with each other. I, I'm, I'm hesitant to say the word team building because a lot of people do think that team building is, you know, as Patrick Lencioni would say, you know, falling out of trees, um, which we don't do. Um, it seems like what you've done is you've taken a lot of thinking around how to strengthen teams, connections and communications and deepen the relationships that you, that you actually did as a, as a freaky person at Microsoft, right? Yeah. And then you did it as you, as you started your company geo teaming. And so you think about um, how teams interact in a different way. For instance, what you brought to my attention was, you know, you're going to get more done before the meeting. So get people to be there before the meeting. You're going to get stuff done after the meeting. And what, you know, what's interesting, I was, I was listening to um, Todd Henry this morning on the accidental, on the accidental creative, which I, God, I love that podcast. Mm. Um, and, and he was talking about how, when you start a meeting and not everybody's there, nothing really happens. And I know that, you know, so if, if our meeting is at 10 o'clock and it's 10 o'clock, I know what you would do, John, you would, you would say, well, you know, as we wait for people, let's get to know each other. Right. Yes. And yes. And right. Yes. And, and that, that would be the meeting actually. I actually have a, a strong viewpoint on this now. This is actually emerging. So do you mind if I expand on this? Please. Which is, I feel like something has happened over the, this year too, right? And is, which is, you know, we hit 10 o'clock and uh, there's maybe one person here and you're just like, hey, let's just wait a few minutes for everyone else to right. show up. Let's just wait. And the There's problem with that is, right? Oh my God. The problem with this is that it sends a signal going, what you're really saying in disguise is, eh, you don't have to arrive here on time because I'm always going to stall. So just be late to my meeting all the time. And I don't care about you, your presence. So I feel really, really strongly like when I'm presenting, oh, if no one's there, I don't care. I'll start. I'll click record and I'll start going, oh, I know it's going to do that. And then when people come in, you know, they're late or other things, then, um, you know, they got to catch up and, and they'll find out. They don't want to, if I have a regular meeting, they want to do this. And so at Microsoft, just going back there, I started every meeting on time. And as soon as it took one meeting for people to figure it out, because quite often, if they did not show up on time, they got assigned a whole bunch of work. And everybody who was there would be like, would go, oh, I agree. <laughs> and so you were backed up by a group. And so like almost nobody showed up late, uh, at least at my meetings, only because they knew that they would suffer consequences for doing it. 
And I just think it's really important to do that because uh, the other part that signals is the person, that one person who showed up on time, I respect you and your time. I think that's, and I do think right now that that is so important that, that the message that we send to everyone on our teams is that we really do respect your time. Especially your online time. Especially your online time. Right, right, right. Because we, we, we have so many other things that we could be doing. Um, taking care of our kids, our dogs, our our kids' dogs. Um, <laughs> I did that was my comedy bit about that. Um, um, but anyways, let's get to um, as we as we close up. And uh, if I had a stopwatch out, and I said, "Okay, you only got one minute each. Give us three quick tools that our listeners can use right now to heighten engagement of their meetings. Give me the three biggest ones." Uh, three biggest tools. Oh, I got to start my own timer. Okay, go. Uh, three biggest tools. Take the time to design your meetings, right? Uh, number two, you're the host. You control the culture of your meeting. So you set the standards, whether it's, uh, you know, people uh, being acknowledged for whatever is going on. So I think that's another big piece. Uh, what's the next one? Get a producer for crying out loud. If you have a high value meeting, take one of your other teammates or, or hire somebody who's producing your meeting. So you as the host can focus on your people and not, you know, admitting people in the chat room and all sorts of other types of things. Uh, number three, I really think now what's the, the quick, t- I'm going to give you a hundred tools, at least 25 seconds more is that up your game. We're this far. It was good enough in 2020 to get your virtual meeting to work. Now you need to think, how can I elevate my meeting somehow? Whether it's learning more virtual techniques or presentation or something else, you need to find a way to elevate your meeting because I think people expect more. Last but not least, uh, you know, look for the best practices. Look for what you love in a virtual meeting and borrow it and put it in yours. That's great. Yeah, no, I do think I love uh, the up your game. Because there are companies out there who have upped their meeting game. And I always said, and the reason why we actually started this podcast at the very beginning was what would be the difference from me working for company A versus company B if all it is is a different URL, right? Seriously. So if I want to keep my great employees, then really... Um, there's lots of other parts of being in a, in, on a team. A very important part is that meeting, is that meeting and have it engaging and have it demonstrated as we've talked about this podcast that you are important. Um, and as we started this podcast, um, and because of that, I'm going to make sure that you and everyone else in this meeting is going to be attended to at least once personally, if not more, which is with the breakout rooms. Okay, great. Okay, so tell us about your new classes for 2021. Oh, yes. Okay, great. Right. So you heard the first one. and The first one is turn on the damn camera, right? Now. <laughs> so that's all around. Now. It's an hour on psychological safety and how you can Love help it. create it as the host or facilitator. The next one is, uh, hey, Mitch, you're on mute. I love that. You're on mute. Oh, my God. Okay, tell me about that one. So, and if you haven't seen the London fireworks, they actually had drones in the air create the you're on mute symbol. It was awesome. Um, this is the all most right. common problem. And so that class is all around how do you avoid uh, Zoom and uh, other video platforms, most common technical problems, sharing slides, playing music, uh, presenting more. And so those are some of the other classes. A uh, virtual team building, I'm going to revive that class, which is 
uh, how to do exercises with your team to really get your team to perform at a higher level. And the next one is, is uh, the virtual presenter, which is how to use some of the top 1% tricks that people are not using for presenting online. You know, there's so much presentation that happens here. Let's just regularly stop sharing slide decks and let's just really start thinking cinematically and saying, what can we do to really give that people that wow and blow people away with presentations? That's great. And now tell us about, uh, again, the title of your book and how we could get your book. Excellent. The title of the book is Engaging Virtual Meetings, Engaging Virtual Meetings. And you can get it uh, at engagingvirtualmeetings.com, the website. We also have a set of classes where you can get, uh, for the same price of the book as on Amazon, it's 29 bucks. You can also get a one-hour class in addition with it. Or, of course, you can always get it from Goodreads or Amazon. Uh, Goodreads goes to all your independent bookstores, which you should support. Uh, and Amazon has a Kindle version now for 17 bucks anywhere around the world. Great. And do you have a do you have a website in addition to engagingvirtualmeetings.com? Yeah, you can go back to my original website, geoteaming.com. Although I got to tell you right now, Mitch, I got to rewrite that whole website from 2020. Yeah, I know. I know. That's funny. <laughs> I re- so, I, we were, we're rewriting ours as well because it's, you know, everything is virtual, right? It's, yeah. So that's what, we, that's what we're serving up. Well, John, you know, it was great, 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 great to uh, reconnect with you at the beginning of 2021. I wish you great success. I'm actually, you know, I basically watch you to see what solutions I can provide to my clients. And for those of you who are who are listening, um, yeah, I would just basically say, look, we're in this for the long run. And if you want the best tools, um, John is usually six months to 12 months ahead of the curve on what works in the virtual world. So with that, Thank you, John. Any uh, any uh, uh, words as we get out of here today? Yeah, I'll give two words here. Number one, two is Mitch presented in my original engaging virtual meetings conference. Number one, the one the original, and I chose Mitch specifically because you know he really pivoted and figured out how to present virtually, uh, and I appreciate that. So my second conference is going to be in May, uh, Mitch, and so uh, okay. Mitch is either. Uh, going to present or be on committee, uh, the steering committee for it. But I can tell you that, um, like one, you can buy the replay to see Mitch actually present. So that's uh, actually currently 97 bucks to watch the replay over uh, 20 hours of virtual engagement uh, production. And then the new one is going to come in and it's going to have all new material because, geez, the world's Fantastic. already changed again. The Fantastic. second one, this, I'm just going to give this, you know, with the numbers that are here in America, one really cool thing about engaging virtual meetings is that they are, there is 0% chance to transmit COVID during an engaging virtual meeting. So if you are having a virtual meeting right now or sometime this week, thank you for your help in uh, slowing the spread. So there we go. Right. Thanks, Mitch. Thank you, John. And thank you, our great listeners who listen to Team Anywhere every week. And we will see you next week on another version, another episode of Team Anywhere. <laughs>